Hi there, and welcome to Borborygmy, Noises from the Veterinary World, a new show that lets you overhear conversations between veterinary professionals about anything and everything that's topical in the industry. This season, we'll be bringing you a range of chats recorded at the London Vet Show, featuring a wide range of friends and colleagues discussing their thoughts on some of the triumphs and tribulations encountered by those in the veterinary industry. Borborygmy is a collaboration between the London Vet Show, Vet Times, Vets Stay Go Diversify and Smashing the Ceiling. Thank you to everyone so far for your help and support. It's been very much appreciated. In the Borborygmy booth today are Tamar Olavi and Rebecca de Stackpool. Tamar and Bex met at vet school in Bristol. Bex has stayed in practice working as a small animal vet in West London and is an artist too, spending much of the free time she has painting and selling her artwork. Tamor left clinical practice to found his company, Ivala, a tech company that creates interactive 3D learning content for the veterinary community, a company he subsequently sold to the Veterinary Information Network and continues to develop. Here they talk about what exploring their creativity has meant for their professional lives and explain the value it can bring to a scientific profession. I have actually, I do actually love art and really, really uh, enjoy the kind of... Um, like juxtaposition of creativity versus science I don't think I would I think I'd feel really kind of one-dimensional if I didn't have an artistic slant in my life so where is your your art side come from Bex you've always been arty or is it a new development or um I definitely would say I've always been arty I was the oddball at school I did three sciences and art a level and so are you painting scientific stuff um, not necessarily. I would say my um, my natural eyes for like the natural world. I, I really love scientific drawings, but I don't think that's my natural style. Weirdly enough, my natural style is quite messy, not very scientific. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's a really good kind of complement to science world. So, um, so there's one thing. Um... I've seen. Sorry to interrupt. There's a, a, like a move towards doing like real scientific. It's called generative art. So it's, I think they use um, like mathematical equations to generate not even just um, like 2D diagrams, but like 3D structures um, from like a mathematical point of view that is artistic, but it also might have um, special physical properties that we wouldn't traditionally build through tradi- traditional engineering. But they use um, code and maths to work out like a new structure for a bridge that's modelled or perhaps in the real world so they take like real world structures or real like natural world structures you find in the natural world and they turn that into mathematical equation they try and create new structures with that so I've seen some really cool artwork to do with that as well so the science uh, side of things like very yeah. scientific side of art that sounds amazing but it's obviously the reason that you're a coding Cody creative person because <laughs> that sounds really sciencey. yeah I mean um so, so the company that I, I run now, we take um, medical and MRI data, and traditionally that's always been used for diagnostic purposes, but for me it was crazy that we weren't using it for uh, educational purposes, because my, my passion and what I wanted to do when I was um, doing clinical work was I wanted to do a neuro-residency, and that was because neuro, for me, was the most logical specialty. If you understand the neuroanatomy well, and you do a good neuro exam, you have a pretty good idea of where a lesion is going to be and, and you have a very good differential list as well. 
And I used to find it a bit boggling that other people didn't find neuro. Neuro often seemed to be the one that everyone would come and ask me to go and do the neuro exam or interpret a neuro exam. No one really wanted to touch those cases, which for me was really strange. And um, I seem to realize that it's because understanding to, to do a good neuro uh, examination and interpret it, you need to have a good understanding of the neuroanatomy. And that's really hard to get from traditional sources like textbooks. So, yeah, I mean, I started out um, modeling the canine brain, the brain stem and all the cranial nerves. And uh, so that led me down like the uh, 3D modeling and sculpting route. And then I started learning how to, so the stuff you get from a CT and MRI, the data is very messy. So I started learning sculpting as well to try and clean it up. And then I wanted to make it look pretty. So I started learning uh, digital painting uh, and texturing. And, and then the next thing after that was wanting to make it interactive. And then I had to learn how to code. Uh, and the day, the day I, I had to learn to code, I honestly like put my head down the table and I started to cry uh, because I knew that if I wanted to make the content really, really useful, um, it was just an unavoidable next step. So, yeah, it's interesting because I never considered myself creative. Like I was that kid. I've always been such a type A personality perfectionist that, you know, playing the guitar or the violin when I was growing up, I just couldn't do it or couldn't practice because I hated what was coming out during practice. And it, if it didn't sound perfect... I didn't want to do it, so I never considered myself a creative, but um, I've definitely found myself, it's odd to find myself in a situation where I'm getting to be very creative, and like you said, mix the, the science, the vet knowledge, together with the art side of things. It's really fascinating. I mean, I, I'm not obviously as lucky to be able to mix it so kind of definitely. I, I use it as a kind of adjunct to my clinical work. Actually, strangely enough, although it's not... Although veterinary is a science in inverted commas I think actually one of the frustrations for a lot of us in practice is because we are naturally like science and perfectionist that none of it is ever perfect in any way and I think for me the creative side being able to and the perfectionist like side of me being able to create something that I think is beautiful or satisfactory in a controlled way is actually really rewarding and I think that's why I still kind of need that in my life as, a, as another kind of aspect. Um, did you think that there was like a specific catalyst for you wanting to leave practice and like was there a defining moment? Did you, did you recognise that? or? Mm. <sighs> My, my decision-making process wasn't, I want to leave practice, I'm going to go find something to do. I very much fell into what I was doing, so I was applying for the residencies, and then that was during my internship year, and then I started doing this modelling for my own interest and to also teach other people with the models. Um, and then I started showing people, and they started asking if I, if, they, if I could make other stuff as well to show people, and I realised there was much more there, so then I... You know, there's much much more that could be done in terms of this kind of content. So I decided to take, uh, I think it's like a year a year out of applying for residencies and just see what I could do with the 3D modeling and uh, and data creation. Um, one thing led to another. I ended up setting up the company and um, I started off selling it to students, and uh, it went really really well. And the feedback the was so again. <laughs> Thanks, Take thanks. from the poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fleecing the students for a good six months a year. Um, and just educating, um, just rinsing them. <laughs> I think it's not funny. Ob- obviously, it's of value. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So yeah, they found it really valuable and um, then I was lucky enough to partner up with the Veterinary Information Network. So um, now what's great is we can offer it to be happy to hear back. It's completely for free to all oh. students globally. So um, yeah, it works out really, really well. <laughs> I'm so lucky now that I honestly wake up in the morning and I'm I'm really excited to do the stuff that I'm doing. Like, I have like light bulb ideas and I'm sleeping them in the middle of the night. I'm really excited to go and try something and new content that can be made so it's definitely not an escape um and and the creative side is actually what i really enjoy now and it's because it's so the science and the and the creativity part of it is so intertwined with the work i mean they're not even separate i mean you're using the science all the time when you're when you're extracting the data from the ct scan the mri scans knowing which structures are important and which ones you can leave out it's all one and the same now but um, I, I suppose in practice, I didn't feel that any of that, there was no creativity. Or I felt there was a little, very little creativity involved in the, in the day-to-day. So it's nice to feel like now it's got both the science and creativity side by side and intertwined. It's really interesting because I, I would have thought now that you've done it for a while, that kind of initial workflow space that you get into when you're feeling like you're in a kind of workflow as it were... Um, that kind of buzz that you get when you're being creative and just kind of working through it might taper off initially, but you think it still is kind of strong for you? The, the feedback that you get from people that use it, especially the students, is, is so heartwarming that it really, really does help them. Like my fav- my favourite email I ever got from a student was a RVC student who is studying anatomy and she emailed to say, look, I'm dyslexic and anatomy has been a huge struggle for me to the point whereby I was thinking of quitting quitting vet school because it's just too much and I found your content and all of a sudden it makes sense and, so and it, yeah when, when you can when you get that kind of feedback from from people it, it's just another reason to get up in the morning and go and go and do what you do and what I've always said is there's nothing complicated about anatomy or really about a lot of the knowledge in the vet course it's just a lot of it and it's not taught in very good ways and there's so much cool technology now that has such a such great potential to make a huge impact yeah. On, yeah. on not only your learning but then as a vet decreasing your stress levels as well yeah so no, I totally agree I mean your content is definitely at risk of me sounding like a really resentful older person being like it's so easy these days just to <laughs> learn anatomy um, so I think it really does change the, the way we learn and having just well certainly I'm a very visual person and I learn very visually and we never were taught visually even incredibly visual subjects like anatomy you know to me that's almost 100% visual subject and we weren't taught it in that way at all yeah Um, yeah and I think probably even our learning techniques seem pretty pretty out of date I mean people learn in such different ways you've got different personality types and I'm not saying it's an easy fix to try and cater for everyone but um I think people doing their own research and starting to realize more how they learn can is probably really beneficial to them and you know even probably part of learning is is knowing when you're just burnt out you need to take some time off and go and engage another part of your brain or another part of you to be able to go back to learning and and the textbooks and, and feel good again about it yeah no I, def- I definitely feel that I think that's one of the things I've always felt with my like creative versus scientific side because I always imagine my brain when I'm doing just science like developing abnormally and I feel lopsided and then I have to go and 
equal myself out by doing something the other side of my brain yeah and then I feel a bit more balanced and I've always kind of really imagined that visually actually obviously doesn't work like that I am a scientist I promise (laughs) but it feels like that um and how much do you do now how do you split your time now between the science and art like vet like betting and um I think it unfortunately it's very non-specific actually having a business driver keeps you a bit more accountable in a way because you have to do it sometimes when you don't necessarily feel like it but if you have someone waiting on a commission that's actually quite helpful um yeah and would you ever consider going full-time on the art side of things or how do you plan to do it going forward no like i say i think i i do actually feel much more balanced having a bit of both i really really buy into variety being the spice of life i'm it's awful but if you had like 10 puppies back to back to vaccinate you'd be like oh get out get out but one puppy (laughs) you're like oh my god this is the most beautiful (laughs) thing i've ever seen so yeah i think yeah i really think i need both okay (laughs) thanks for listening i'm sophie walsh part-time vet and full-time science documentary maker You may hear a little bit of me in these podcasts, or the lovely Naomi Meller, my co-host, also a vet and host of the brilliant podcast Smashing the Ceiling. We'd love you to rate and review this podcast, or tell a friend if you enjoyed it. Thank you again for listening.